What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Card Madness, the podcast that covers the entire collectible space, including sports cards, business, technology, and more. Now brought to you in partnership with Fanatics Live. So this episode felt a bit like a call-in radio show. I had a fan of the podcast reach out to me and say, hey, Nick, I got this big collection that I have no idea what to do with. I don't know if it's worth anything or not. I don't know what to do with these items and these cards. And I get these questions five or six times a week. So I said, you know what? Let's just air this and do it live. So I went into this cold, not knowing anything about his collection. Uh, but Colby was able to share a lot of cool stuff that he got, including a Mickey Mantle card and a crazy story behind it. And I gave him some advice on what to do, you know, if he's going to sell it, keep it, what grading is. And I think um, all of you will find it helpful as well. Before we dive in, I've got a big ask for the audience. If you could take a few seconds and go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and either follow us or subscribe to us, that would be super helpful for the pod. Even leaving us a five-star review would be amazing. This will help keep the podcast coming every Friday. Thanks, everyone. Kick is on the way, and it is What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. I'm here, as always, but I've got a, a cool guest today uh, for this episode. His name's Colby Vining. And what happened here was, you know, I get five or six requests every week whether somebody runs into this huge collection or they inherit stuff from their parents and they literally have no idea what to do. They don't even know what PSA is or what grading is or if, even if they should grade cards. So I ran into uh, to Colby through a mutual friend and he's got a ton of cool stuff and some stories behind it. And I thought I would literally take this live and he could just ask me what to do here. And then when the, everybody reaches out to me, I can selfishly share this episode. So I think this will be helpful for all of you. I'll give some tips on it. And uh, I think there's some cool stories. So welcome to the pod, Kobe. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah, you got it. So, all right, man, what what do you have in your collection? What What's like the, what's top of mind to you? I, I think like the, the crown jewel for me, and it's not because of what it is or... I think it's because of, of how I got it um, and, and the whole story behind it. I'm, I'm a hockey fan, but um, I think like my favorite piece, most nostalgic probably is a 66 mantle. You know, I think I was between the age of like seven and 10 years old. We had went to a sports card show and, um, you know, just kind of hunting down things and just walking around. And I don't know if you remember, but a lot of guys had these like board games there and you could win different cards. And they would like, you know, it was like almost going to like the, the fair. You go to the fair and you got to shoot the basketball in the hoop that it doesn't fit into. It's like impossible. So the story of the mantle is, and um, I I think it was like 20 bucks and you, you bought in and you had to roll dice. And, and there was like four or five tiers of cards that if like you rolled a certain, you know, basically, you know, I think it was double sixes is what you had to roll to go to the next round and rolled uh, double sixes three times in a row. And the guy behind the counter was sweating it out. And it was like, I, I guess the odds in Vegas are probably one in a million that you're going to roll that two dice, six, six, six. And like I said, my grandfather tells a story and people don't even believe it. And basically that was like, after I had done it the first time, you could see the guy was like, Oh, okay. The kick. Then I did it the second time. And he's kind of sweating it out. Then I did it the third time. And 
he didn't really want to, you know, I don't think anybody have ever done that. He didn't want to give me the pick. So he tried to um, kind of bamboozle me into picking a different card. And I saw the mantle and I was like, no, I want that. And he didn't want to like fulfill it. Cause he was like, I, I think it was up there. You know, mantle was up there to kind of reel people in like, Hey, you know, spend 20 bucks, play the game. You're never going to win, you know, the top shelf. And I did. And I picked the mantle and the guy didn't want to give me the card. And my grandfather was sitting there arguing with them and wow. we got the card. And, uh, it was just like a crazy story that like, I, it's almost like, I wish I had it on like a YouTube video because it probably had a million views, you know, these young kids rolling the dice and, and hits. So that's, uh, that's how I ended up with the mantle, uh, probably 34 or five years ago. Uh, so you, that's the uh, 1966 mantle, right? 66 yeah, tops. 66 mantle, yep, tops mantle. And like, so what kind of uh, condition is it in? Um, so, <laughs> and and you'll probably be uh, pissed. It's been in this slab like that it came in for 30 something years. I've never taken it out. I've never touched it. I don't even think it's seen the light of day. It's just was sitting in a box in my dad's house for years and years and years. And uh, when I, I I built the house, um, we took all my stuff out of my dad's. You know, your parents kind of shove your stuff out. Like, hey, yeah, uh, now that you you know you have your own house and it's big enough, you know, take your stuff, please. You know, I'm gonna turn your your room into something else. So, I uh, I I kind of what sparked my interest is I was on Facebook and I kept seeing like different things pop up, like different people, like oh cards and your card things kept popping up. Started listening to your podcast, couple others. And I'm like, I gotta dig this thing out, man. Like I, I I'm like sweating it out. I'm like, I hope the mantle's still there. It's like my my prized possession, you know. And uh, I dug it out. I I guess like it it seems to be in pretty good shape, but it's never been out of that block. It's like one of those, if you can picture it, the huge thick blocks the cards come. Is it in a screw down? Are there screws? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's my first first piece of advice before we get this thing graded take it out of the screw down box and let it breathe for like three months. Cause what happens that screw down over 30 years smushes the card. And so if that thing, let's say it's a PSA eight, right? It's like looking beautiful. You'll send it to PSA. They'd be like, uh-uh, sorry. Doesn't measure um, the, the depth of the card. Doesn't measure under our specs. So we're going to call it authentic, which, you know, will ding the value like 10%. But the way around that is just in a normal household humidity don't go to the desert or anything. You take that out of the screw down, let it breathe in just a normal case, like a one touch or something like that for a few months. That should fix the problem. Um, so the other thing you want to do, you know, with a card like this, if you're going to sell it, then that's one thing. And if you're not, that's another. If you're going to sell it, really the highest resale value is, is PSA. That's like, you know, numero uno. And uh, the easiest thing to do is just go on eBay and type in like, you know, Mickey Mantle, 1966 tops, PSA six, PSA eight, PSA four. All right. And then you look at those and you say, okay, which one does mine look like? You know, which, which one is like the condition that's closest to what I'm doing. And then um, once you've got that, then just hit the sold tab to see what it's sold for. So I know this one in, in decent condition is, you know, multiple thousands of dollars. Um, you know, like PSA eights look like they're a couple grand. I mean, if you had a 10, who knows? That could be like crazy. It's probably hard to get. Uh, so take a look at it, get out of the case and let it breathe. And then, um, you know, maybe offline we could, t I'll take a look at it for you and let you know what I think. Um, but that, that's what I would do with that. Are you going to sell it or are you going to keep it? 
Um, so I, I don't think I could ever sell it. Like, um, you know, fortunately I'm not like, an, you know, I, I, I think I would like be buried with that thing. It's just, it was just like, and like I said, I don't tell the story as good as my grandfather, but it, it's just such a core childhood memory. And it was just like a, a crazy battle. And like, you know, it was like, like I said, if I was in Vegas, <laughs> you know, probably hit the jackpot, you know, and it was cool. Um, so I don't think I'd sell it. Um, I do have cards that like, I do want to sell and like, I'm very interested in the PSA process. Okay. And like, you know, I fell out of the hobby for so long, got involved in other things and, you know, careers. And I I really, once I turned 16, I got really involved in cars and like almost forgot I loved sports. It was like maybe, maybe 18. I really got, you know, heavily into that and, you know, kind of just put shelf that stuff because um, I was like, you know, I, some of it, like I said, so much sentimental value, so many different memories of going to different events and autographs and, and things like that. I, uh, I would, de- I definitely like to sell some of it because I feel like, um, I feel like I'm, I'm just like want to pass it on some of it, pass it on to the next person and let them All enjoy right. it. Like not just hoard it forever and be like, ah, oh, it's in the dungeon of my basement. And like, no one's, you know, I, I, I think that like, I'm just like the care caretaker of some of it, you know? And, and I feel like Got a it. lot of it needs to get passed on to the next person, you know? All right. So in that case, it doesn't matter so much, but I would definitely attempt to get it in a slab for protection purposes. And you also lock in the grade. So like if you want to display this thing on a desk and, you know, it's in the sun for hours all the time, gets faded over time, the grade will will go down. Right. But if you get it slabbed, the the original grade is what matters. Right. So. Um, and then if you're going to hand it down, who knows what they're going to do with it, right? Um, you want it safe and, and protected. So I would submit it. I guess the resale value doesn't matter as much. doesn't have to be PSA, but I would just do PSA for this card. Um, yeah. Process is super easy. We did an entire podcast on this, but, um, you know, you just you just go to PSA. You sign <laughs> up. You pick, um, you know, you pick, you're going to grade a card, and then you enter the card. It shows you a picture of the card. It's like dummy proof now, um, and it tells you the price it's really based on the value of the card and the speed you want it. There's no rush here. So I can't imagine, you know, it depends on the value. If it's a PSA eight worth a few grand, it might cost you 150 bucks to grade. But if this is uh, like a really beat up card and it's just a few hundred bucks, then it only costs you like 25, 35 bucks to grade and get in a slab. And the turnaround times, like for the, the one, the, the few thousand dollar one, that's like, um, I don't know, 15 days. The, the one that's 35 bucks, it might take a couple months. Um, but I'd recommend doing that. So that's the mantle. Now you said there's some other stuff that you wanted to potentially yeah. sell. What else do you have? So I had two questions really quick because I listened to the podcast um, and I think this might help some of the other listeners. I listened to the podcast like 12 times because I was like, you know, you guys taught you and Larry talked about shipping and you guys talked about this. So um, navigating the waters, I, I had a couple of questions and I think sure. you answered right then and there. So I went on, um, First question in regards to value, I went on eBay and I saw such a wide range. Like you see a 66 mantle for like, almost like you're like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, you know, wow. And then you see some uh, thousands of dollars. And I know you guys touched on this and and I know like, you know, with the PSA grading that it's, it's based upon value. And I think Larry also said like, sometimes, you know, they'll ding you back with an email. Hey, um, you know, good try, but this thing's not, you know, things were, yeah. you know, four and not 400, you know? Yep. Um, so that was that was interesting. I guess like, you know, with the mantle, I saw such a wide range. I did my due diligence. I popped on eBay and I just saw like almost stuff that was not believable. You know, you see stuff on there for a hundred thousand, and then you know, you see the same card for a hundred bucks. And I'm like, all right, well, this is like such like this is so confusing. Right. What's the deal? 
Yeah. So yeah. is this real or is this fake? Are people just like putting it out there to show you they have it? Is it like a car? Like, you know, with a car, you put it out there. Hey, I just found this, this barn find $2 million. But we all know it's not worth that. And we just, you know, show and tell on eBay or what's Yeah, the, what's I mean, you know, you, you work in the, in the car industry. There's a reason the valets put the Lambo out front of the <laughs> restaurant, right? So exactly. <laughs> eBay's got the traffic and they've got the users and it's a huge platform, right? So people will go on there and just brag and be like, here's something I have. This is my Instagram handle. And they'll put it up there for like a million dollars. You know, I see yeah. this all the time with signed Michael Jordan cards and stuff. That's all crap, right? That, that's all just like fun and games. Yeah, and Mark. If you, if you are legit looking for the value of something, the, the best and only way to do that is to go to eBay and then hit the sold tab on the left side, sold and completed. Even that can be funny a little bit because you'll have people like bidding on their own stuff and things. Yeah, shield bidding and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But for the most part, it's pretty accurate within, you know, whatever, 10%. So again, you got to figure out the, the grade of your card. That's like the most important first step. So if your card's like a one or a two, then yeah, it's like, it's like a couple hundred bucks. But I'm looking yeah. on here, you know, if it's a PSA 8, really centered, corners look sharp, um, color's not faded. That's, that's a few grand, you know, so it's, it's different. So look for the value. So hit sold right away. Just type in Mickey Mantle, 1966 tops sold. Boom. Hit that right away. Hit completed and sold. Now you've got your list, right? Go in that list and find the one closest to you, whether it's like a PSA six or something like that. That's your value. Um, there is one other website you can go to 130point.com and they yank eBay and they yank, um, all the auction sites as well, like Golden and Heritage and and others. So some of these cards might have been auctioned off over there, and that's a that's a valid comp, right? Um, outside of eBay, um, that's not perfect, but that should get you your answer on like a mainstream card like that. That's that's what I would do. But you're gonna see all kinds of crazy stuff. Like they're gonna list it for whatever you know, just bananas prices. You know, weird buy it now prices. There's gonna be reprints. Yeah. They'll have reprints of that card priced at the value of the 1966 actual card just to try to trick you, you know, and then, oh, maybe this guy will buy it and keep it for, you know, a few months and then we'll bail, <laughs> you know, we'll lose yeah. our account, but who cares? So there's a lot of like funny business going on, but the best way is to look at sold and then go on that other website. That's great advice. Cause I honestly wouldn't have thought to look at the soul. Cause I was like, you know, I'm navigating this thing and I'm like, no way. This is like unbelievable. Like, the, you know, like I said, the difference between a hundred and a hundred thousand, I saw one on there. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is completely fake. So that's great. So this, the sold tab is is kind of a good gauge. And that's key. Thank you for that website link. I'll, I'll check those guys out. And I guess my other question, and you guys touched upon this, and I'm a little crazy, so you know, forgive me on this. I know you you guys said you can drop it off in person. And the only reason I considered this at all, <laughs> honestly, is because like this thing is like so sentimental to me. And I, you know, I've dealt with the post office, FedEx. And I think you guys mentioned like New Jersey for PSA. Like it would not be beyond me to drive to New Jersey and drop this off. Like I'd be yeah. all over. I mean, I do a lot of traveling for work. Um, I go to New Jersey fairly, fairly often. I would drive the mantle there and drop it off. So like, how does that process look? Um, sure. Cause I know you guys didn't really dive into that. Could you explain like dropping it off in person? I feel a yeah. little safer, I guess that way with something like this, the rest of the collection, I'm okay with mailing. You know? Yeah. This so there's, there's a few options. Uh, before I get into that, you know, I'm a little crazier. I roll the dice. You know, I shipped uh, a very valuable Michael Jordan signed card with just overnight with five grand of insurance because I just can't deal with registered mail. It just takes like months sometimes. Um, you know, it made it. I would have been pissed if it didn't. 
Um, but I shipped that for like 70 bucks. So yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's pretty sentimental to you. So here, here's how it works. So PSA, um, they have a couple offices. They got one in Cali. They got one in New Jersey, right? Um, you can do walk-in service at either one. You just have to go on the website. Just go PSA uh, walk-in schedule. Just Google that. Um, you can schedule a time in a day, like an appointment. You know, it's a it's by appointment. You can't just like show up at the door and be like, I got this, right? You schedule schedule an appointment in New Jersey, certain day and time, boom, show up, give them the card, and then you know, drop it off, pick your service level. They can ship it back to you, or you can keep it in their vault, or you can go pick it up. Um, there are other options too. They for the bigger shows, um, the national is one. That's a bit far from us. I know you're in Boston like me. Yeah, I listened to um, the podcast in the National. That was so cool, man. I really enjoyed listening to that one. That was a, a really good episode. Thanks. So that's another option. PSA is at the National. They bring a house worth of equipment and they do, and Beckett does too. And they, and they do on-site grading. You'll have it back like by the end of the show. Um, they do that at bigger uh, shows. I think they do it at Dallas. Um, maybe Philly, maybe Philly. Um don't quote me on that, but th there's like three or four shows that they'll, the Burbank show, I know they do it there. SGC will do it at some of these shows. Um, so that's always an option too, but we're not far from New Jersey. I mean, you know, no, we're close, no. but not far. So uh, that's what I'd recommend. That's kind of how that works. Yeah, I think I might, uh, for the mantle, I'm never rolling the dice again. No pun intended, but I'm, I'm like, that thing is going to be like, <laughs> I, I just can't picture... Um, you know, nothing against the post office. I, I, I've been on, uh, as you know, I'm in the automotive industry. So I've, I've been on the side of, uh, the highway with the postal truck rolled over and uh, mail everywhere. So I can't uh. picture doing that. And, uh, I've told those kind of things and I'm like, Hey, I think I'm going to deliver the mantle in person and CPSA. Um, that's cool. but the, yeah. So that's why that's, that's great advice. Um, I've never done it myself. So let me know right, how it goes. I'm, I'm going to do it, man. I'm, I'm all in on that. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just picture walking in this lobby and it's going to be like so automated, but at least I did it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. Some of these guys that I run into, you know, they have, I have the whole 1986 Fleer set autographed, um, and there's there's someone else who does and they're all raw meaning they're not in a slab or anything like that i mean that's that that collect that's worth like a couple you know, two three hundred grand he's not mailing that <laughs> you know what i mean he's gonna go to either the national or new jersey or whatever and he's gonna submit those cards and get them taken care of so so yeah when you're dealing at a certain value then you want to do that i will say this if it's something you want to keep fine yeah do that if it's something you want to sell um a lot of these auction houses make house calls. So, you know, they make commission just like everybody else in every other industry, right? So you call up, uh, you know, Jason at Heritage Auctions. You say, hey, dude, I got this like, you know, $50,000 card. I'm not leaving my house. I'm kind of lazy. Okay, cool. He'll, <laughs> he'll pay for the plane ticket. He'll come out and he'll, he'll um, assess that card, probably grade it for free for you, mark it all up, you know, charge you obviously the, the normal fee that they charge anywhere from 10 to 20%. And, and life is good. So they'll come to you in a lot of cases, but that's if you want to sell it. The mantle, um, obviously you're keeping, so that's not an option. Yeah. And there's some other ones. Um, and like, you know, I, I was really happy when I, when I started listening to your podcast and you, you talked about like autograph cards. And then I've seen on your Instagram, like, you're you're like the the hunter of autographs which i think is like the coolest thing because as a kid i always like you know i'm a seven eight year old kid and i got a great playing locker story um who like he fell off the face of the earth all right so who's story. for the audience who's playing locker so blaine locker was a, a goalie for the boston bruins who uh 
he i believe when he was in college he played um they won the championship i forget who he played for in college but like he fell off the face of the earth for years um but he played for the bruins for like a season and a half and he was like you know coming off like andy moves and and and, and reggie lemon and people like that like i just like this guy showed up to the bruins and um, when I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame as a kid, they had an exhibit of like all the helmets of the goalies. They had Patrick Roy, Andy Moog. It was a really cool exhibit. I don't know if they still have it at the Hockey Hall of Fame, but Locker shows up to the Bruins in a white helmet. And like, he was this kind of like this mysterious guy, right? You know, fresh off a, a, a national championship um, in college. And, and I'm not, forgive me on the statistics, but um, shows up. And I had a card and it was, it, it was like at the time, a tough card to get because he was like an, an unknown guy. You know, I don't think he was drafted. I could be wrong. And uh, so anyways, he shows up to a card show and I was really young. And my grandfather, again, had brought me to the card show. He's caught me around everywhere and Blaine Locker's there to sign autographs. And being a young kid, I guess I just walked right up to the table, cut the whole line, you know, because I'm like, oh my God, it's Blaine Locker. And they were, you know, kind enough to be like, oh, it's a young kid. Like, I'm going to sign. But I literally probably cut 40 people. And my grandfather pulls me aside. He was like, hey, um, you really should wait in line next time. And I'm like, what line? He's like, all these people are waiting for Blaine Locker. And I'm like, oh, oops, sorry. You know, so Blaine Locker signs the card and, uh, you know, fell off the face of the earth after that. But he was kind of like this goalie for the Bruins. And it was this really cool experience. I was like, as a young kid, I'm like, oh, my God, he's in front of me. Like, you know, because at the time I had met other, other, um, you know, athletes and stuff like that, but it was kind of like the first guy I was like, oh, whoa, like he's bigger in person, you know, like, yeah. Um, Very cool, man. Very cool. Really I cool mean, you're a fan. What, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was like this, like, it was like tunnel vision, Nick. It was like, oh my God, he's in front of me. Like, this is the guy. And uh, unfortunately he had a few, like, I don't know, half a season with the Bruins and, uh, but this was really cool to meet him as a young kid. Like, you know, you meet these guys and like you see him and it's like, Oh my God, you know, it's like, this the coolest thing, um, you know, to see those guys at, at a card show. And I guess um, when I was a young kid, I was like, do I get the card signed? And do I not get the card signed? Like I have a great Ray Bork rookie card. It's signed. I always ask myself in the back of my head. Cause I mean, like I read Beckett, but there was no podcast, you know, the internet wasn't a big thing. You know, I didn't, it wasn't around. So you're like, do I ruin, am I ruining the card? Um, I had a Jeremy Roenick card that was autographed. So Jeremy Roenick's mom worked at a bank in Marshfield and she had a stack of his cards and she'd hand them out to you as a kid going into the bank. And my dad used to bank there. I can't remember the name of the bank, but my dad remember. And I was like, oh my God, is an autographed Jeremy Roenick card. And I was like, oh, did I ruin the card? Is the card ruined? Like it was given to me. So um, I always thought of that. And then I saw the pod. And I started looking at like your Instagram and I was like, oh, Nick's got a ton of cards that I got. Maybe I didn't kill these cards. Maybe this is a good thing. It's changed so, over the years. So back in the day, you did ruin the card with an autograph. Now it it makes it much more valuable. And it's that's why, you know, there aren't a lot of Wilt Chamberlain rookie cards that are autographed in 1961. Um, that That's like a $250,000 card because it's so rare. I mean, it's like a pop of like five or something like that. So um, that was actually the case. And it's made some cards rarer over time, especially with the the lesser name players, because like Pete Maravich, Hall of Fame guy, he died very young and um, he he lived in the era where it was bad to sign the rookie card. So I've got a rookie card of his. There's like nine of them in the world. Um, wow. and, it's, and he's like a Hall of Fame guy and he's t NBA top 75. So people need him for sets and it's pretty wild. So 
you didn't do anything wrong with Jeremy Roenick. That's for sure. Um, that, that you did okay. was, uh, and Ray Bork for that matter. <laughs> the Roenick was pre-signed, which was cool. I mean, his mom is like oh, the right. nicest person in the world. But yeah, some of the other ones I, after that, I was like really myself. And I was like, should I? So do wait, this? she she was handing out stacks of Jeremy Roenick signed rookie cards, just like like she like calling a, cards. <laughs> he was a teller at the bank, right? And like he was young in the league. And I mean, Roenick's big now that he's a broadcaster and stuff like right. that. And he's got his own personality. Really fun guy to watch and listen to. Um, if, if he's calling a game or he's part of like sure. one of the outdoor games, but she had the stack and I don't remember the exact card. I will find it. It wasn't a picture card. It was like a painted card. And I don't know who did that back in the day. They do these like almost like murals. And it was a little card, you know, on a card instead of like a live photo or whoever they do it. And she would hand them out to kids. You know, my dad would go in there and do his banking and, and, and we'd always hope to get Mrs. Roenick and she'd hand you a card as a kid. And I was like, this is like, the, I'd want to go to the bank. Oh man, if only Wilt Chamberlain's mom was handing out, you know, 1961 cards. Well, then it wouldn't be as valuable, right? But yeah, I guess. And I don't know how many she handed out. I just remember the stack she had. And I thought it was so cool, you know, looking back on that. Like, she must have been so proud of her son. Um, that oh, yeah. like, you know, and he's a Pembroke guy. Uh, he he um, was the man. Did you ever play yeah. um NHL on the Sega Genesis? Be Jer- Jeremy Roenick was like a cheat code. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, in the, in the Blackhawks uniform and it was yeah. just like the card is awesome because it's like I said a painted card yeah and just uh, so so cool um I can't remember who did those but they did like a series of them in the, in the 90s and there was all like murals of different players and it, it was just so cool but I'll never forget that bank and uh I don't even know if the bank's there anymore but uh, I'll never forget Mrs. Roenick and uh it was just like a cool cool thing to experience that's awesome man so yeah. what um so what's something that you want to sell like in the near term that you want some advice on? So I had, um, and I know like from the research I've done, I know like the nineties, it seemed like they were just like pumping cards out like, like crazy. I had a ton of hockey cards and I had like duplicates of sets. I'd try to put together like these whole sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I always was like, I'm like an organizational person. I'm really into like logistics. And as a kid, I was like, I'd organize everything. I, you know, make it label maker was the coolest thing I ever got. I like, you know, <laughs> organize everything. And I like these sets and I'm like, I had to have every number. So I had a lot of sets put together that, that you know, that I, I opened. It wasn't like I went in and bought the, you know, I remember they sell the pre-box sets and people would go in there and buy those, but I built the sets. And I'd mm-hmm. make sure I had tons of sets. I'd, I'd do like, you know, 91, 92, I'd do like duplicates of all these sets. And I have like boxes and boxes and boxes of like, just like kind of crazy. Cause you know, the, the next year you'd be waiting and yeah. I'd be like, oh, I want to open it. And, and you know, as a kid, you're like, you just want to open stuff. You know, I'm like, I just want to, I want to break these packs. I want to open them. So I'd have so many duplicates. And like a lot of the card places didn't want your dupes or whatever. Yeah. And they wanted like, you know, the Gretzky's, the Yagers, you know, those yeah. guys, you know, the, those, those top tier cards of top tier players. But I was like, I'm not letting Miami Yager go. This guy's the man. Like he's, he's awesome. Like, yeah, still is. Still is awesome. You see all these, these videos of Yager still training. He's like the first guy to the rink and the last one to leave. But so I never gave any of that stuff up, but I have so many. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm just a caretaker. What like do you do? Like, do I, I'm like, yeah, how many, how many, you know, Wayne, you know, whatever year Wayne Gretzky's DNA, I have so many Bork, Neely's, because I'd be opening all these packs, just breaking these packs. And, you know, you get dupes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I got some bad news for you, man. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, I can imagine that was like a penny, you know? So, 
all that stuff from the 90s is just uh, i mean there are exceptions with the nba yeah. you have like uh these inserts that were super rare it's it's not all junk i hate to say that because i grew up with this man i have like the 88 tops baseball set the 90 set you know there's not much value there you're almost better off going to like a local card shop like giving them to kids and, ha- and watching them like have fun with it like That's or cool. or here's another thing you could do um take some of the cards out like the mark mcguire rookie card the Wade boggs rookie card the um just you know what I'll, we'll make it easy any hall of famer who has a rookie card in any of those sets put those aside and just get them autographed they they're yeah. you know we take for granted these guys aren't going to be here forever they're getting older um get get yager to sign it or if you don't have his rookie card Get him to sign like a few of your favorite cards, right? So start doing that with all the Hall of Fame, hockey, baseball, whatever you collected, and put that somewhere. That will have value. That will that I'm confident will have value long term if you're handing it down. If you want to just like get rid of this stuff, <laughs> like you want it all out of your sight and you don't want to bother with the work, then I mean, geez, you know, I'd call up a local card shop because they might find it interesting. They'd probably buy it cheap, like buy the set for 20 bucks off you it's cash in your pocket right it's pizza money and you know some kid will buy it there it's nostalgic it's cool um and if you add it all up if you've got a ton you know you might have a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff and that that's that's a decent that's a decent payday so um again ebay is your friend before you go and do that make sure there isn't like a sneaky error card in there like the um (laughs) Like Billy Ripken, right? With the the baseball bat that we all know what it says. Um, oh, yeah. that's a yeah. good one. I, I I saw a lot of people comment on that one. I think right. my wife is going to be really happy too that you said that because like clear out basement space. You know, we have yeah. Kids. So if you want to get rid of this stuff, like the coolest yeah. thing would be to go to just call your local card show, uh, card shop, and just be like, hey, I got all this stuff. You can have it real cheap, but you're taking it. <laughs> and before you do that, make sure that there aren't expensive, like weird error cards or reprints or whatever, like that Billy Ripping card, a PSA 10, that's, that's probably worth a few hundred bucks. You know, you don't want to just give that away for 25 cents and yeah. make, make sure that you don't want to get some of this stuff autographed. That, that's my other advice I would give you. Um, but, you know, you kind of choose your path there. Yeah, that's great advice because you, you you hang on to this stuff. And I know that like, I feel like I've seen like a lot of people. The, the Hall of Fame thing is great because you see like, you know, you, you on, on YouTube or Facebook, you see guys break packages or wax packs. The first thing they do is separate the Hall of Famous. And yeah. it's amazing. You see some of these guys that are Hall of Famous. I'm like, I didn't know he was a Hall of Famer. Like, I um, feel like I could spend a lot of time doing that. <laughs> so. Yeah, Hall of Fame safe, right? So, yeah. um, I you know, I, I hate to say it, but people don't want to accept it right now. But we are in another 1990s era of just overprinting like zebra striped junk in my opinion now to be fair like if you like jason tatum and you want to collect his cards you're obviously your only option is these modern cards that's cool but like the flipping or like the thinking that these like purple stripe polka dotted things are going to have like value to somebody 30 years from now they aren't so we're in another overprinting era just like that even the one of ones you know there's there's probably 2000 one of ones every year. How many Bill Russell autograph rookie cards are there? It's probably like 50, you know? So yeah. you, you have to think about things in terms of scarcity as a collector. Um, so we're, we're in another era like that. So just, uh, just beware as you get back into the hobby, focus on good vintage stuff or guys you like to watch play or get something mm-hmm. autographed. That makes, that makes all the difference. Like nowadays, 
Um, and then for the stuff you've got, just, um, you know, just like I said, do your research, decide if you want to sell it. And it's two different paths. If you want to keep it, that's one path. If you want to sell it, that's another path. You do that for all your things. Even some of the weirder stuff, you know, like I know you mentioned you had the whole Bruins team autograph something. That might be like a one-of-one one thing. So Yeah, so that's a lot of older stuff too. And like luckily my grandfather interjected with me and was like, hey, and I think he foresaw like the, 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 the 90s were like just pumping out boxes. Yeah. So I have the entire Bruins um, team when they won the cup, I think it was 72. I believe it was the year, right? Mm. When they that might, be, that might be pretty good. So that might be worthy. Again, are you going to keep it? Or are you going to sell it? If you're going to sell it, you know, hit up offline. I can tell you several of the, these guys that work at these auction houses. You just connect with them and have a chat and just say, yeah. hey, I got this. What should I do with it? The first thing they're going to say is get it authenticated. So you could go to JSA, get a little sticker on it and like a certificate that has all their names. It's one way. Another way, if the photo is not like totally massive, you, you can get it slabbed at PSA is like photo, you know, Bruins photo or something like that. And then, you know, you can look up who's autographed it. That's another option. Um, but then, you know, they could sell it in an auction or you could sell it. Your, you could grade it and sell it yourself on eBay, right? It's um, it's up to you. And if you want to keep it, I think stuff like that, especially that brew. I mean, obviously that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I would recommend just just get it authenticated because we're all busy. You know, don't let another ten years go by. Who knows what's yeah, going to happen? It's like you know? sitting in this box, and I opened it up, and I'm like, yeah, just send it in. Not around anymore. It's not going to cost you a ton of money, especially yeah. JSA. It's very inexpensive. You can look up on JSA's website. You know the the autographs of the the guys who are on that team. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about because some of them are unrecognizable. I mean, there's, you know, yeah, the photo, photo and like everybody signed another back. There's got to be 30 autographs in the back. The coach has signed it. And I'm like, I know he's along. You know, they may not back. be able to do them all, but they'll do the yeah. ones they can. Uh, yeah, like, you're not going to find, obvious, you know, you, can you won't tell find them. prices for them all either. Um, but, you know, you that's they're just a phone call away or an email away, too. These they aren't like scary people. Like I've called JSA. It's it's a couple of lovely ladies that run the customer service. They're really nice. And I just had a couple of questions for them. So that's that's what I would do with that one. Um, very interesting. All right. So we're running up on time and we always ask our guests like this question. And I got to ask you, especially with like all the stuff you've um, you've been diving into. If you could sit down and get a coffee for a couple of hours with any sports figure, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, this is easy for me. I mean, like, just because he's like, I, I love him. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah. Um, some, I, 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 so as a kid, everybody had a Bruins starter jacket. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm 40. I had a Los Angeles Kings starter jacket. I don't know who got it for me, my aunt or somebody. I don't know where they found it because it wasn't sold around Boston. You know, if it was Charlotte Hornets, there was 400 of them. But it had L.A. Kings starter jacket in elementary school, and I think kids ragged on me. But Wayne Gretzky had just been traded to them. I really liked Luke Robitaille. And I just, you know, Wayne Gretzky is this, like, I, I, things his father said, things he said. I read books about him. Like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I think Wayne said that his father, um, you know, coined that, but he kind of took credit for it. But that I I just love Wayne Gretzky. I think he's just like a great person. I, I always loved watching him. I think like he was like the Michael Jordan of hockey. He was great for the game. He brought the game, you know, worldwide. He just made hockey 
he's you know i know gordy house mr hockey but um wayne gretzky is just kind of like who i always really loved watching um you know it's kind of tough being from boston and being a kings fan although i love the bruins don't get me wrong cam Neely, ray bork all those guys are awesome but i just followed wayne gretzky around and um Yes, I wore that starter jacket and everybody had their Bruins or whatever it was. And I was like, nope, Los Angeles Kings. Still remember getting it for Christmas. And I was like, yes. Excellent. And I don't know who traveled to wherever to get it. But that Wayne Gretzky is the guy, um, you know, just complete admiration for not only him as a hockey player, but if you listen to some of the stuff he talks about as a person, he's got great intellect. Um, he's just like a great ambassador for the game of hockey, for kids, for everybody, man. Um, so Excellent. I think that's uh, that's a great choice. The first, the first Wayne Gretzky we've got on the pod, but you're right. He's he's like Yogi Berra. He's got these great quotes. You know, I, like missing Yogi the shots you don't take. Yeah, you know? like Yogiisms. Yogi's the second would probably be my second choice. I just think like Yogi Berra. I mean, if anybody has time to watch the show on him, is was just a great person for the game of baseball. And um, you know, I'd like to say Mantle, but if you do any research on Mantle, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, but uh, yeah, Yogi Berra is a great. If it was one for each sport, uh, my baseball one would be would be Yogi Berra. But awesome, uh, yeah. Well, Colby, this has been awesome. Um, just for the audience. Do you, I, I I know personally that you do a lot of other cool stuff. You're kind of a music buff. You manage some bands, yeah. you manage a festival. Um, it's pretty cool. So if anybody wants to like follow you or reach out, maybe they have some cool brewing stuff. Like how can they find you? Um, I have an Instagram and it's, it's awful, man. I, I, I really don't update it uh, much, but um, I, I, I think it's C vining 13 is my handle on Instagram and I, I got to get better with it. I just like, you know, I'm not a, a big Instagram, Facebook guy, but I'm on there. Um, I'm always watching things. Uh, it's yeah. great to watch other people's content. I'm not an artist. Um, I always tell people that, you know, I work with a lot of different artists, uh, work at music festival. Uh, shout out to those guys at Levitate Music Festival, which uh, you should all go to this summer. It's going to be awesome in its 11th year. Um, but I'm just not an artist, man. I, I'm a logistical type of organized guy. I I, I enjoy that mechanical things. I'm not great at posting. I'm not a good photo guy, which is one of the reasons I enjoyed looking at cards. It's like, I just like, I have a admiration for photographers and what they do and artists. Um, I can't draw a stick. Um, I'm an awful artist. So when Fair I enough. see, you know, whether it's a, you know, an athlete or an artist that makes a card, I really have an admiration for that. And um, yeah, so check out the Instagram. It's not great. Nothing, nothing like you guys is, but I'll keep working on it. I'm going to, try to post some cool stuff up and try to get some content on that. Cause I do enjoy like listening to your pod, looking at your Instagram, looking at other people's Instagrams. Sure. But uh, yeah. So cool. Excellent. I, um, I'm going to try to make it to the levitate music festival this summer. Uh, it's yeah. pretty awesome. So for the audience, that's not in our area, it's basically on the South shore, South of Boston, about 30,000 people, a lot of great, just summer bands. Uh, good time. So I appreciate it. Um, Colby, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everyone, that was another episode of Sports Card Madness. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please take a few seconds and subscribe wherever you get them, and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, everyone.